Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third, And I'm Emma Bowers. Uh, Jack is sitting out this episode because of something um, I said about our t- our topic today. Our topic today is The Last of Us, both part one and part two. Uh, we'll be talking about it. We will be talking with full spoilers. Full spoilers. Now, if you have not played these games and you have any interest in playing them at any point in the future whatsoever... I would probably skip this episode until you do because um, this game is very, very, very uh, narrative heavy. Um, you do, you probably, you do. We are not babies about spoilers, but when it comes to The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two, I would definitely not be spoiled if I were you. He, he we we talked a little bit about The Last of Us before, and he's he was like, you know, I really don't like how like dark and gritty it is and he was thinking about buying the, uh the last of us part two even though he didn't own the first one i said this i was saying this to a lot of people but like okay you know it's going to be dark fucked up and gritty why you need to play it if this is this maybe this game is not the genre for you if you don't want to play a game that makes you feel uh like shit and depressed <laughs> and that is basically what uh the last of us is is a brutal post-apocalyptic uh zombie horror game um where you follow these characters as they try to navigate in this Cormac McCarthy-esque world <laughs> where basically everybody um, wants to uh, kill you and steal your shit. The spoilers is the real monster is man. Yes. <laughs> That's it. We spoiled it. That's our big spoiler. <laughs> what I like about the, sh- about, about the Last of Us ultimately and the vision for it is that it takes all these you know well-worn you know zombie genre tropes and kind of flips them and twists them and does different things with them because ultimately they're uh neil Druckmann, who's the head writer of the last of us uh, one and two i ultimately uh from playing these two games don't think he gives a fuck really about themes or anything he really is mostly concerned with like these characters he invented and how they live in the world and he tries to write in a way that he just comes up with the most interesting thing that each of them would do at each turn even if that ultimately doesn't give you a big the a theme like a Romero zombie film would he's mostly concerned with just like these kind of uh long character studies which I find you know pretty goddamn enjoyable incredibly enjoyable in fact no I I agree there's a light there's a really enjoyable uh intimacy with them and even when the first one came out in 2013 I think I think we were kind of on like the end of the oh zombie apocalypse ep- yeah, epic yeah. bacon um you know and it was like I don't want to mow down like a bazillion zombies and you know and because for me with a lot of video games and nerds zombies are a stand-in for for the normies you know it zombies apocalypse are at the time at least it was very much a power fantasy it's oh you know like the zombies are gonna come and they're gonna i don't know whatever we hated in the odds they're gonna kill all the abercrombie and justin Brittany bitches and me and my cool friends are gonna have a fun adventure shooting zombies and the last of us two well one and two are just so intensely dark it's not at all like a fun power fantasy it's very a very harrowing story and some of the big themes are about what choices do you make in this world to survive um, and what are the consequences of the choices you make? What does this terrible world drive you to do? 
yeah. And, and I actually don't want to say it's not the choices mm-hmm. you make mm-hmm. because the game does not allow you to make choice. And a lot of people complained about this because this is a game where your the characters you play do a lot of things that are bad and fucked up. And that if you would, if you were playing a Bioware game, it would be the renegade option, the ultra renegade option. It would be the one that you could only do if you were like a high level, like Sith Lord stuff. Your characters do, do a lot of bad things because they're bad people and people were very uncomfortable with being forced, uh, they use that word forced to do these bad things. And then the game saying that they're bad and making them feel bad. When I, when I think that that's kind of like a, just kind of like a silly, you know, thing to say because this is a story that someone is trying to tell and when you have games like a Mass Effect or a Knights of the Old Republic they can be they can be wonderful stories but there is something a little bit more impactful to me about The Last of Us because it says this is the story you can't go back and play uh Paragon you can't change it this is the choice that Ellie made this is the choice that Joel made and they have to live with it and you have to live with it And I do agree because the big critique I think a lot of people got was basically the game gives you no choices and then it beats you over the head that you should feel really bad for the choices. And like I said, it's not you. It's, it's Ellie. It's Joel. Yeah. Um, and for me, because I felt it was such a narrative, I immediately disconnected. So even when these characters do really awful things and I push the button again to do the thing, I didn't really feel like, Oh, I feel gross and terrible. And I'm really sensitive. I will full on like restart a video game if I choose the wrong dialogue option and like hurt a character's feeling. Um, but like you said, it's, the story is so much more narratively driven that I, I disconnected completely. I didn't – I could see this level where I could hear Druckmann being like, don't you feel bad you did that? And it's like, no, Neil Druckmann, it wasn't me you did that. It was Ellie. <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing. I actually disagree. I, I think, I think Neil doesn't want you to feel bad. I think he wa- he doesn't want you to feel bad while you're playing it because The Last of Us One, you know, the gameplay is pretty, pretty good, right? But it's it wasn't the best in this class, and there've been better ones since. But The Last of Us Two, the gameplay is by far like the smoothest, like stealth action gameplay I've ever played. Uh, like I think it even beats like it might even beat like Metal Gear Solid Five, even though it's kind of a different style of game like the how fast you can move how brutal you can be and how quickly like it's a deeply enjoyable action game i think the feel bad bad part becomes when uh just like the characters in the game when you have to go and you have to sit and think about what happens after the fact i agree hands down i had such a blast of the gameplay and i do remember that which is i love the original last of us but anytime you had to stop exploring and you you know the game kind of gives you hints like hey there's gonna be a fight now you're gonna go into this dark subway and it's gonna be full of the mushroom zombies and i would feel this dread because the gameplay for me was frustrating i would die over and over it was such a pain in the ass like joel cannot aim because he's like a broken old man at the dts <laughs> um and this game was the funnest like i had a blast and the way the oscom arenas like are kind of set up is so good you have so many options and where to go and i died a lot because this is something i've mentioned on struggle session i'm terrible at video games but it was always so fun and there were so many different ways to go about and just taking everybody out. And there would just be like, I'd like get that final guy. And, you know, there's the like vocal prompt. They'd be like, I think we got them all. And I would just feel such a satisfaction yeah. <laughs> of taking everybody down. And I would definitely say like, and we'll probably get into more like, 
you know, the, the pros and cons of this one, but I would say it is definitely like way, way, way up to the gameplay. And I had a blast playing it, which I cannot say about the first one. Yeah. So uh, let's let's get let's dive into, you know, The Last of Us one. So uh, as, as you said, you know, this was the, it came at the when it was first announced, I kind of, as a big game from Sony, right? First party. <laughs> uh, Sony Town is always a big deal. I, I which you mentioned about like us being at the tail end of the zombie thing. That's why I felt like, oh, wait, now they're doing a zombie game. Really? Like, <laughs> like what what could you do with zombie that would be more interesting than The Walking Dead? You know, the TV show. That's what <laughs> a very naive thing thinking in like 2011 2012 and when when it but when it did come out and you saw that okay the zombies are like the first thing they announced was they're not actually zombie zombies they're you know like they're like the ants who have their minds taken over by a parasite it's like that for humans but it's a fungus though the cordyceps fungus which if you don't know what this is like look it up because um even without like it's terrifying it is one of the most disturbing things you can see and um god bless them for bringing that into uh bringing that into kind of the realms of what if it could happen to us because it's so terrifying yeah it's so creepy um and it's uh, and it's a and it's real and it, they what they do is they do such a good job uh, of the world building and building a realistic world and what you're walking through basically that you and it's something that I haven't seen that in too many games is a hyper realistic you know broken like urban areas like what would cities look like. 30 years after they were bombed because of a zombie apocalypse. And I don't think, uh, any game really has done it with as much, you know, fidelity as the, as both parts of these games. And you're uh, on this cross country, uh, journey with Joel, who, as we said, is this, um, broken down old guy who's, a was the equivalent of a veteran. I don't, I don't know if he was ever like, I don't know if he was actually in the military before the fall of civilization? I, I was actually thinking this because I was like, what did he do? And I think in the prologue, in the very beginning, you know, with him and his his adorable, very cute, very too charming. Adorable. I hope too way too I hope nothing happens to this wonderful preteen child. Um he's in construction, I think, because I think there's some passing things where he's like, Oh, I have to have a contract coming up with the const-. like I don't and that to me, I think is good storytelling where, cause it's such a cliche, right? Like, oh, I was a hardened veteran, so I'm good at surviving this catastrophe. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think if anything, he wasn't. And that's what makes the person he has become in this world so much more terrifying. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like what hardening him, uh, into being a post apocalyptic surviving badass wasn't the fact that he was a soldier before is the fact that before the game started, he spent a couple of decades being the villain of a, in a Mad Max movie, he was uh, a raider. He would, and and it's not, and and the game talks about this, and a lot of people are, you know, he doesn't, uh, he's not special or or about this, but he does have this, you know dark past but it's like everyone has a dark past if they still live in this world that everybody has done you know extremely fucked up things to survive the reason why he's good because when you're uh, taking ellie across this country on this journey you constantly meet like people trying to kidnap you tur- uh tur- uh put you in the slavery uh sexual slavery for ellie like all these like really fucked up things just very similar uh to the road he's able to spot this stuff because this is the stuff he used to do in order to survive daughter in the prelude the outbreak is happening and your daughter uh gets shot by troops actually by the by the troops not the uh so they already got 
to the uh the inhumanity of man as the real evil like in the first uh scene so then you can kind of uh go somewhere else with it and what the story ends up being is that ellie uh, he, he meets the daughter uh, he meets this uh in this paramilitary camp but he's still like working with the fireflies who are this group of ter- terrorists slash um I don't know, uh, people trying to restore society as well. Yeah, they're kind of like the resistance. If the resistance stopped uh, just tweeting Cheeto in chief and just took up arms and started yeah, doing major yeah, acts yeah, of destruction. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They, like, they're very like idealistic and liberal, but also like do <laughs> violence and acts <laughs> of violence and like take down like the little military force that's uh occupy uh that's running the town uh that they're in and he gets hired by the fireflies to after you know a few deaths and tragedies to bring this little girl ellie across country to one of their uh one of their more fortified bases um because she is immune uh to the uh fung the, to the cordyceps uh fungus she's one of the only people who's been bitten and not uh been turned eventually into you know a raging maniac uh um, by this virus and she and you know as they go through this long long brutal journey where they have to fight off you know a bunch of zombies and a bunch of like horrible horrible uh people trying to uh, kill or eat them uh they <laughs> um they bond joel and ellie form this really you know really good bond and the story the way the gameplay and the storytelling works is really like phenomenal this uh, as you said those quiet moments between the fight scenes which are very long um actually uh in the last of us where joel and ellie are just like vibing and looking at the, uh, the giraffe scene really stands out to me i actually kind of said whoa when i saw the giraffes uh walking through like uh i think destroyed detroit uh was it are they i think they're in like i think they're in salt lake at that moment salt, salt right? lake. yeah yeah no, because I was thinking because, like you said, the world is so good and you go to these cities and people who are familiar with these cities have said they're like, this looks just like Pittsburgh. This looks just like Seattle. And I feel really lame because none of the focus cities are cities I've ever been to. <laughs> I always feel like I'm really missing out. <laughs> I can't like sit there in awe at how they were able to replicate like not Colorado State University. <laughs> Yeah, and then blow it, and then the really cool thing is they blow it all up in a way that you can you can still travel through. It's really really cool the level design in it. Um, but eventually you do get to your destination, and you know it's time for the scene that you've seen in so many of these types of movies, where oh we have the person who has the cure. This is it's time to save humanity. Oh wait, there's a moral conundrum. In order to develop this vaccine uh, from Ellie, uh, we Ellie has to die. Uh, you know, and you know, Joel, he's just gotten back this surrogate daughter. He's still suffering from PTSD from the loss of his real daughter. And he's just, you know, he, he's faced, you know, with this, you know, sad, sad choice of, you know, to, you know, going through with this and saving humanity or, you know, trying to, uh, maybe just walking away from the whole affair. What are, are asking Ellie what she feels and the choice Joel makes is, is the same choice he's made from you know the beginning of the game is that he uh kills everybody who's standing in his way including all the doctors and the nurses the first person you shoot is the neurosurgeon who's trying to save humanity and it's a really like dark ending sequence and where you 
No, I was going to say, like, it's insane because, yeah, you can shoot him, but you have to kill him. So if you just get closer to him, you will, like, you'll approach a cutscene where Joel just, like, beats his head. Does he stab him or he beats his head into the table? He he gives him a very unpleasant uh, death. Like, yeah, like it's so yeah. br- and there's this guy just pleading with you, please, please, no, but like Joel, he can't lose another darter and the choice he makes is not a rational one. It's not one necessarily for Ellie's sake. It's a very selfish choice that he makes based and, and basically like dooms all of humanity because he hasn't, you know, dealt with his shit. And that's and that's just what The Last of Us is about, is like these people making these terrible, terrible choices because because uh, in the post-apocalyptic world, there's no therapy. I love that ending, though, and I love Joel's choice, which is not to say you're correct. It is, it's not a good choice, and yet the way the game is done and the way the narrative is done is, despite the fact that Joel's just doomed all of humanity, you completely understand why he did it. You can disagree with him and yes. you can condemn him for it, but you completely understand why the character Joel made that choice, and it is probably one of the best endings done in I don't even, I mean, like, like I said, we'll probably go into this a little bit further. Like, are video games, can they hold their own of movies? Um, and I would say it's one of the best choices in video games. And maybe just in terms of media as well, I feel it it, com- it goes up there, I think. Yeah. I'd argue it, go- it comes up there. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the best endings, uh, you know, I've ever seen to anything. That's why I, I wanted to put, uh, that's why I put uh, The Last of Us in the Criterion uh, collection. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it, it really is just a really effective ending where you, where you see something terrible happen but you understand it completely because you understand Joel by that point and it's just like his choice makes perfect sense and then that's the end of uh, The Last of Us uh, at least you think so because you know the the world's not going to be saved the the uh the savior is not gonna uh he shot the doctor in the head it's it that fin- that's finished it's done we're just stuck in the post-apocalyptic world and we have to make the most of it and then um uh, Eventually, Naughty Dog announces The Last of Us 2. Now, I do want to make a brief note because there was a lot of discourse about this game in the lead up to it. Most of it pretty silly and baby brained and people mad about the wrong thing. What people should be mad about, though, and this is worth calling out Neil Druckmann personally for, is the terrible working conditions of Naughty Dog. I don't care if even if this, these are two of my favorite games, there's not any kind of justification <laughs> for the how they treat their employees. Um, uh, this uh, The Last of Us was fairly tumultuous in this production because they had to delay it um, a few times and they had to cut features including the multiplayer which is, was a huge part of the original one so even though they were working all their um, employees uh, basically to death they still like because the management was so poor they still had to push the game back a week after they announced the release date and all this other shit so um, fuck Naughty Dog as a company and a corporation, even if they're producing good stuff. I was torn because I agree. Like, yeah, a lot of the stuff people were mad about was just the most stupidest, like, 
just stuff. Um, we can discuss some more later what people were quote unquote angry about, but, um, I would play this game and I'd get to these beautiful moments and I'd go, wow, that's beautiful. And then in my head, I'd be like, how many people were driven to like mental breakdowns to get this little specific detail of Ellie, like putting little details in her gun when she increases the ammo capacity? How many people had to die for this? Which like, is completely ridiculous because oh. this game, uh, of course, this game is mass, was going to be massively successful either way. They could have taken more time. They could have maybe not made like that fucking uh, uncharted side story or whatever. Like they uh, clearly, uh, Naughty Dog is one of the top studios in the world. Owned, you know, owned by Sony. There's no excuse for them to like not have the amount of people they need to working, you know, reasonable hours and getting this stuff on their corporate deadline. It's, just, it's poor work at the top, not any of the workers, and uh, solidarity with all of them. Uh, the judge were angry because the preview first show introduced us to one of the new, uh, characters in the game, which we found was a playable character. And her, uh, her name is Abby. And she is like the most jacked hoss queen. Like she's only like, so, <laughs> like, t- but she's like 20. She's yeah, like, I was gonna. <laughs> Like she's just like the most jacked, like f- soft blue chip freshman <laughs> wrestling slash weightlifting store, and I, 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 her aesthetic is so cool. I do think it's a little bit unrealistic, uh, given that she would have to eat like seven meals a day and be cycling on and off of steroids in the post apocalypse. <laughs> but that physique she has, she is she's a badass and of course the chuds were extremely mad about like having a still conventionally very conventionally attractive uh buff woman uh in the game i hate how hypocritical they are because you get all these like fighting games and you get like right, like look i love i love tifa, tifa from final fantasy 7 but she like looks like a stick and she has huge titties and everyone's like oh tifa my jacked queen <laughs> and then naughty dog has the courage to draw a buff woman and they create abby who women do look like this you can look at the 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 model she's based off of women can like achieve that stature and they're really angry and they're really gross about it and they're saying a lot of really gross like transphobic shit like no you know what nerds you don't deserve like abby you don't deserve like any any woman who can bench press more than 25 pounds like yeah yeah, yeah. completely that's a completely ridiculous controversy another ridiculous controversy which was created by of all things like someone working at pr at a gamestop uh and when the in the lead up to the game gamestop put up this promotional material material specifically about the dog enemies in the game which there aren't even that many but they specifically pointed out that the you will know the names of the dog and their owners will be sad if you kill them and all this stuff this really and they put this in like the like like the features of the game like completely bizarrely uh naughty dog was mad at it but the gamers got mad at it too but it wasn't it didn't come from the company it was just like someone at GameStop like was like watching some promo videos like oh like the dogs are really smart and like people get mad if you kill them like i don't know i 
I laughed so hard because they made it like, oh, you have to kill the dogs. The dogs are maybe a step below those dogs in Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. They are bad dogs. And no amount of flashbacks where I learned that the dog might have been a good dog. Like, And I, I, I love dogs. I get like very easily disturbed if I see like animal violence. I will move heaven and earth to like not kill a dog in a video game. Um, I, I put those dogs down. They were bad dogs. <laughs> I just like, there's like, a dog. Pop, pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no sympathy for those doggos. Not all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, if you're if you were yeah. dreading this the game about the dog killing, it's really not what people made out be out to be because uh, the spoiler is full spoiler spoilers leak. I have I haven't been able to find the original post, but I think I can you know from the reaction and from other spoiler things I've seen, it was probably there was probably a lot of editorializing about the gameplay beats in it because i know people who are like oh man the hor- the writing on this game is horrible i'm like what did you play it no but i read the spoilers i'm like you cannot determine whether the writing is good or bad by just listing all the plot points on the list you can do this with any game i can say like oh yeah there's a metal gear game where you don't even play a solid snake and then you have a like, weird conversations <laughs> with the general of about you stuff and the villain is the internet like and that would sound i can make that sound like really really goofy and pointless and you can do the same thing with the last of it's like oh yeah you kill a dog and then there's a flashback about the dog like that's like seven hours apart and it's not really the point of it because the, the innovation that this game makes is that you play you know a significant portion of the game as the protagonist where you're going around um, hunting down, and this is the spoiler, um, Abby um, kills Joel in the first scene of the game, um, and you find out her reasoning later, and then Ellie goes off to kill Abby for revenge. And you spend the first segment, large segment of the game going around killing uh, Abby's friends who are trying to kill you and her, uh, you know, her little squad called the wolves, which is, you know, the, the par- somewhat paramilitary faction that the paramilitary faction that she's with and runs part of Seattle. And you spend that first game, you're killing all these wolves. I mean, they're called wolves, you know, then they, they have these attack dogs. They're coming after you. They're trying to kill you. They're trying to fuck you up. You kill Abby's friends because they're trying to kill you. They're trying to fuck you up. And they killed your surrogate father of, uh, Joel uh, in front of your face and it's fu- really fucked you up and then the perspective switches and you see those same days of Ellie hunting down all those people from the perspective of Abby and the people that they hunted down and that's the big narrative twist that this game does where you know they embody er- and you realize that every single person you have killed actually appears in the cutscenes when you're walking around with Abby later in the game. I remember in particular there was this black woman in the hospital. I fucked her up big time. Like this is a very violent game when you shoot somebody in the leg, like their leg blows off. And I remember I blew this her leg off and she screamed, dying in pain. And then when I'm playing with Abby, I'm like telling her good morning. Uh later on in the game even though that happened you know a bit earlier uh because you see all these people before this monster named ellie comes and murders all of them (laughs) who could have done this (laughs) 
who would ever hurt all these people? And it's, it's Ellie, and this yeah. Ellie, this character that you you're supposed to really empathize with her and her quest, her you know kind of thirst for vengeance against these people, and then you have to play as these people. And I this is a guess where I guess it feels really torn, which is I don't think it's bad in terms of the narrative. To maybe be like, hey, you know, violence begets violence. Um, but sometimes I feel like it got so simplistic because as soon as I started playing Abby, I was like, I bet I'm going to encounter everybody that I killed as Ellie. And yep, I'm petting all the dogs and I remember their names because their owners were like, oh no, Sparky. And Abby's like, hey, Sparky, you know? Well, I always killed you? the, I always killed the owners first and I, then you get to hear oh. the dog whine. But I do want to note that you can bypass the dogs if you're good enough. So most of the people, a lot of people were complaining about this. If you really love those dogs, you didn't have to hurt them. You didn't have to hurt. There's very few people in the game you actually have to hurt because, because the stealth gameplay is so like tight, but you have to be very, very good uh, to do it. I had a question because, um, well, I don't know. That's a really good question because I remember in The Last of Us, in the original one, stealth felt I mean, here's the thing. You can do a bunch of stealth kills. Like, that's that's doable. But there was a point where I felt like I couldn't leave that area until everyone was dealt with. Um, at least that's, like, the impression I get. And I think kind of because the story is so narrative, it doesn't really have that Kojima-esque you-can-find-alternatives-to-it. I am curious, though, and I never got around to it. I'm just not that skilled. But if I was to kill everybody who was coming after me but the dog, would the dog, like, still come at me? Or the dog just kind of be like, no, my work here is done? No, no, you walk can, away. Mo- for most of them, the, so the, the locking mechanism for most of the rooms and – uh, the last of us too, at least the ones I was like trying to notice and get what the gameplay was, was that you have to hold the button in order to move to the next area. So if you're, if you still have enemies walking around, they're going to see you and shoot you in the back while you're trying to open that really stuck door or whatever. And, but ultimately like there are a lot of those, you know, areas you can pass without killing uh, the people is you just have to be very, very good and very careful and very and distract them, but you can actually legitimately get through a lot of stuff without killing people. Oh, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's that's the kind of funny thing. That's how the game makes you complicit because this is one of the stealth games where if you get caught, you can almost always still shoot your way out. And I would actually try to like, you know, be stealthy, maybe sneak past a few people, but then I get, you know, make a mistake, get caught, get a little bit over eager. And then I got to kill everybody. Maybe I want to to kill like just this one guy that was in the way, but I missed a shot. And then I got to kill everyone. And the game doesn't encourage you to like restart the encounter. Like a lot of, a lot of those stealth games, like Metal Gear Solid, like usually you get caught. You're like, well, fuck, I'm going to wait like a minute and a half where I'm just gonna and i definitely can't kill everybody so maybe i'll just restart this last of us says you have you hey you fucked up now you have to deal with the consequences and that's usually uh murdering a bunch of people <laughs> and uh, like i said it's just it's fun like i said i keep yeah, going back is. and and i don't know and like i said maybe maybe i'm being a little too i guess mean to kind of direct me like oh, do you feel bad now i mean maybe i am kind of should have 
maybe I like should have taken like my goals of sneaking a little bit more seriously, but uh, the combat is so much fun. Like Ellie, yeah. you get explosive arrows and I like doing stealth kills because it's a lot easier. Like, and that was my strategy where I take out as many people quietly as I could. And then by the time I messed up, I only had three people coming at me, which are much easier to dispatch than, you know, six people coming at you. Um, but, oh, man, the ex- I'm sorry. I love those explosive arrows. Yeah, they're very, <laughs> very good. Like, I, the game, because the game puts so much, like, candy in front of you, and it's your choice whether you partake or not often. Like, you like you can play this game as a legitimate stealth game. You can play it as a third-person shooter, you know? Like, you can do um, either one. And gamers are always asking for, like, you know, these kind, these choices that aren't explicit. And this one's explicit. There's never any pop up saying you can kill everybody or you can sneak past them. You figure that out for yourself. Um, people always want, you know, uh, vil- enemies who feel like real people, you know, and all your enemies have names uh, that other people will call for them. If you take one of them out, they, someone will say, hey, 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 where's Cody? Where's Cody? Yeah, I haven't seen him. Oh, my God. Someone got Cody. Like that is like that's cool. That's what what people ask for but i think a lot of the negativity uh a lot of the negative discourse around this game was about the fact that it did this and embodied all these characters and these animals <laughs> with a sense of humanity and then people felt bad about killing them even though a lot of times they didn't have to they just did it because it was easier and that's kind of and as far as a the theme goes that is kind of that as far as this game is cares about themes i should say um that is one thing that is kind of recurring about like how you know oftentimes violence can be the easier way out and that is a little bit cliched but the import but the thing i like about it is that they push that cliche to the breaking point because there's a point in the game where you think that you know abby and ellie they're on this collision course with one another there's a point in the game where you where in 99.999 percent of movies and tv shows the aggressor in this case is abby um against ellie um you have this big you know boss fight against you know the person you were playing as and she has she gets ellie's girlfriend puts a knife to her throat and and then Ellie says she's pregnant. And in 99.999% of all media, what what happens? Abby gas drops the knife, remembers her pregnant friend that was killed by Ellie and decides to stop the cycle of violence. But in the last of us, what she turns to, she turns to Ellie and she says, good. And then starts trying to slit her throat <laughs> before she is stopped by uh, one of her uh, comrades. <laughs> Lev, who I... Lev was my favorite thing in the game. I love him. He is my son. I don't care if the guy's name was Theo. He dead named my son. I will kill Theo now. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> um, and also, I think he's so important because I think what the game has in terms, it's trying to be like, oh, you know, like you said, like there are these collusion courses and everyone is so mad and so enraged. And Lev is there to bring in this little bit of humanity. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm going to totally like quote another reviewer I stole this from, but they say the big thing about the game is, yeah, violence begets violence, but kindness can also be contagious. And he's so important to the game. And I think like he really, really, really like adds a lot more to Abby's story than her and her lovable band of like, you know, CW friends. I think really too. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was very, I had no problem killing all of Abby's friends. I didn't feel sorry for any of them. I was very upset when Abby killed Jesse who is a very CW dude but like (laughs) generally seems like a pretty good dude and probably the person who does the least killing in all the game like there's just there's a lot of killing in this game from everybody and I really what Neil Druckmann is trying to get across I feel like if he did want to do the violence bad nothing comes from violence story the game would probably be a lot shorter a lot less brutal ellie would be like a much more noble character abby would be a more noble character it was more i i just really felt like he was doing more like what what does what is the result of violence whether it's more violence or not like it's not trying to condemn violence because it revels in violence as well and like all and violence gets a lot of things done for these characters and and ellie ellie um decides ultimately like the only thing that can heal her is violence and in some ways she's kind of ends up being a little bit right about that i like i said i i just feel like it becomes sophomoric on this level and i almost feel like because i keep going back to to the last of us which has such a solid story and i think the Last of Us, I think, wasn't aware of what it was going to become in terms of how we view storytelling in video games. I really don't think so. I think at the original time, they just set out to tell a good, solid story. And I almost feel like because of that, The Last of Us 2 is like, we have to up the ante. And I feel it does not hit those notes as intensely. And it feels like, I, I get it. I get the symbolism that, you know, Ellie taught, Joel, Joel taught Ellie how to play a guitar. And in the quest of getting vengeance for Joel's death, Ellie can't play the guitar anymore. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I, I get it. I get it. I love know? that shit. I right? love that. I love that. <laughs> I am like, I think, but I think you're very right. I don't, I think what they set out to do was try to make a video game with a story as good as a movie. Every bit and acting too. That's a really important thing. Cause, uh, I wanted to say, you know, the acting. Oh, the acting's in the, great. In the last, in both these games is <laughs> absolutely incredible. And yes, the best acting you'll see in any video game by far, by far. Um, and is, you can't gloss over it cause there are just wonderful performances in this. Um, but their, their main goal was to just to make a, a video game as good as a really good, like horror movie, like a, like, uh, like a 28 days later or whatever, you know, but just, just make it as good as like a real movie could be. And then I think what they tried to do with this, um, I swear to God is how can we take the best things of movies and the best and best and what we can do with the video game and do something even better and past what a movie is going to be, what a movie could be. And I kind of, you know, I kind of think with some of the things like the nar- the way you're playing as both sides of this conflict mm. flick that, you know, is one elevation. I think the way the game continues after that initial confrontation when that movie would not um, the movie, the movie version of the last of us two ends with, uh, with Abby dropping that knife and Ellie and Abby going on their separate ways. 
Last of Us 2, he says, and I thought I was finished with the game because there's even the epilogue after that scene where Ellie's on the farm with her new wife. Um, she gets another call to action from Joel's brother who says, all right, I've tracked down Abby again. Um, what, are you going to go and go after her? And she says, no, she refuses. Like, no, I, ha- I have, I have my wife. I have my kid. Well, girlfriend, I don't know if they got married, but I have my girlfriend, uh, have her baby. We're, I'm, I'm done with this revenge shit. And then, uh, after a few minutes of you playing, which feels like the epilogue of the game, uh, Ellie, uh, packs up her shit and goes after Abby again and you have more like a third more maybe not a third maybe a fourth more of the game to play and I was, I was so blown away with that hit because I was like oh no movie would could ever or would ever do this it would not work in the movie but in a video game where I'm so enjoyed the gameplay that I want more of it and I want to, and I want to I, it makes me continue to see the, these characters stories it really became a, a epic felt like an epic film for me like a old like the ten commandments or whatever you know like been her i was like oh my god this is like this is our this is the new thing this is how we tell stories now i i love the epilogue and that's one of those things i think games do really well is you could have a movie and show like ellie and i guess like you know her her partner and the baby and they have this like little cottage core aesthetic they're kind of going for and you could see that but i love just wandering around because i i knew i knew that something was gonna change right here Mm -hmm. like i knew this couldn't be it so walking through this nice house and the baby is very cute and ellie like draws and she has a really loving relationship with with uh dina and you could just feel it like and that game is really good because i felt it too in that moment where joel and tommy meet abby like the tension is that you know something like is going to happen it's gonna be terrible um yeah i've heard complaints like oh it was unnecessary to like have that extra part in santa barbara i liked it um like i said going back i've never visited santa barbara but i you know spent like 15 years like living like in southern california so it was just fun to see that environment done like post-apocalyptic style you know um i enjoyed that you have some bad guys you can kill and you know they don't be like well what if they had families too no they're just bad they're They're still like oh no jeremy (laughs) but you know you take jeremy out anyway it's fine (laughs) yeah there yeah yeah you run into uh abby first runs into you know this group of slavers and she and you see her get kidnapped and then ellie is taken off after her and you realize that it's been several months gap so when the time you actually get abby uh she has lost all her gains because she has been in this slave camp for three months she's completely broken she's been crucified along with lev and you cut them both down and she doesn't when she sees you she's like oh it's you like an old friend almost (laughs) and she's just like oh the boat's over here we can get out this way and you and you're kind of shocked and like oh wow this this you know big badass burly badass and i I like that they made her body a part of the story because she the when you meet young abby she's not like uh she's not really uh she hadn't been working out but she is upset becomes obsessed with it when she gets when uh joel kills her father um who is the surgeon and then she decides to like takes training really seriously because she wants to go after and kill joel which leads to abby wanting to which leads to ellie wanting to go after abby and then 
Abby, you know, it all is all cyclical. It all, you know, fits together. But like poetry. Yeah, it's like poetry. <laughs> it rhymes. But when you color down, like she is no longer jacked anymore. And she's no. just like this pale, you know, reflection of what she was. And at first, Ellie's like trying to let her go. And then she's like, Ellie's like, no, fuck that. And Abby's like, oh, well, I don't want to fight you. And then Ellie says, you know, what a movie character, movie protagonist would never do. Um, she puts her knife to Lev's neck, the little trans boy who's just seen so much horror in their life. And, and Ellie, um, who, who's this lovable character that you've seen grow up on screen says, I'm going to cut his throat if you don't come and fight me. And they, and they have another fight. And it's just, uh, and, and that's the boss fight, you know, you against this really, you know, broken woman that you used to hate because you, she killed your father, but she only did that because your father killed her father. And Ellie's a mess too. She um she gets caught in a booby trap by one of the slavers and gets like Laura crofted on like yeah. um, on like a branch. So she's a mess too. And the two of them fight, and it is like like that 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 scene from Pokemon move. The two Pikachu's just like slapping each other and crying. Like it's not that epic, exciting boss fight. It's just these two sad broken people both medically and physically just they have like nothing left either of them and you want to run in and just be like stop stop both of you go to therapy yeah but the only thing they have is the hatred that they have Mm. for one another when you find up when playing the game they're all they're so much alike really like they're very similar people for the most part (laughs) they're similarly driven and similarly angry and similarly dealing with you know this trauma that they get from their fathers and it, it reminds me of a really good, really, really good film. One of my favorite films of the past few years that nobody saw, uh, Cat Fight, uh, with Sandra O oh and Anne Heche, where it's an, another story about two women put into, you know, this death spiral with each other over these shared tragedies. And it's really like sad and fucked up and very, very similar, uh, to, uh, to The Last of Us 2. Interesting. Yeah, I guess you could say like like two women pitted against each other. I guess you could say the real the real monster is the patriarchy. Yeah, but you know, I I like that this is like an epic revenge tale, like fucking Shane or something, or the Searchers <laughs> with two women in it and two young women. Like I I I think that's just cool actually. No, I, I like it, and for all my like kind of my my shitting on Druckmann, thinking he's making you know like the next like Schindler's List or something, or um. You know, just the story being too heavy-handed. I really appreciate the characters. I enjoy that one is a lesbian. Um, I enjoy that one is very unconventional looking. I think that's I think that's great, and I think that's going to be important going forwards. I know, like, you know, the nerds are angry because Ellie doesn't have like big titties or whatever, and Abby you know, as muscles, but, um, I, I don't know. I love, I love that diversity in the games and I really do have a lot of respect for that representation coming on. Like I said, and also going back, like, um, Lev, I think is the second trans male character I've seen in a video game and he's handled so well. And there was, I think some rightful concern that 
Um, before, like with the review embargo, they were like, you can't mention Lev, which was concerning because there is some stuff that could be potentially kind of upsetting, maybe even triggering, I think, to, you know, certain people. He gets dead named. He's the subject of, you know, some pretty horrific violence, though, comparatively to some other people. I think he not that much bad stuff happens to him. No. Um, but I, I just love how he's portrayed. I think he's portrayed like so respectfully, um, which, like I said, it is great. They all everybody good in the show and it just accepts that he's a boy no one even his sister and there's a whole backstory where she talks about how she didn't really understand what he was and you know his identity and even in that back she never says she never says when he was a girl or my sister she's always really respectful abby accepts him immediately um and i absolutely loved it i love left and and that's from uh, you know his sister who is a part of the post-apocalyptic murderous religious cult which you eventually find is you know not just a bunch of monsters uh you uh abby who is part of the wolves who are the pair the post-apocalyptic paramilitary unit which you find that aren't just a bunch of monsters but actually you find out that they're monsters and also like regular people because there's like when you're going through the cult camp like you're going through their long houses where like they have like kindergartens and <laughs> and like you know group meetings and community and stuff like you and you and you basically uh by that time abby is kind of checked out of this ongoing conflict between the wolves and they call them the scars uh is what they call because they scar their faces and like at one point lev tells you like scar is a slur actually stop saying it yeah. <laughs> uh the big vibe i actually got from from the the wolves or the the washington liberation front um and i might be reading a little bit too much into this because neil Druckmann talks a lot about growing up on the west bank um but it gave me real um idf vibes actually just kind of growing up in this militarized like institution you know and going after like this this constant group of people you perceive as a threat which oh yeah kind of yeah and, and to go back to me if i read into it that i get annoyed because yeah the, the seraphites that's their proper term yeah. are a crazy murderous cult but oh these two children are okay yeah. it's like what are you what are you trying to say neil Druckmann? what yeah. are you trying to say about the supposing force? about the yeah, like, yeah, and he did, yeah and when he did mention talk about the game he did mention like specifically like the idea uh, idea seeing some idf soldiers being uh killed and wanting to get revenge and he said he felt really gross and terrible about that people were kind of trying to read a lot into it i i i avoid that because i mean god with every i think from struggle session with everything we know about creators and writers you can't figure out what is actually going on in their head a lot of them don't know when and when they're writing what they're doing like what they're actually talking about they're getting across so i feel like that's more just like an emotional point he is as opposed to like a political point about literal uh palestine and <laughs> israel i don't think i don't think you can do a one uh one-to-one -one, uh, on no, definitely not and I don't want, and like, and I've seen this because Druckmann obviously has, there's very valid critiques you can go after him and Naughty Dog for. A lot of it I've read is so gross and in such bad faith. Um, I'm not going to say that Wolf versus the Scars are Israel versus Palestine. I would just say probably growing up in that environment, yeah. you kind of share these experiences that kind of translate over to the stories you are telling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and like a lot, a lot of this is probably him working a lot of shit out himself <laughs> that he hasn't figured 
figured out yet. <laughs> so we don't, we, we, we can, you know, be a little bit generous on that. Not of any on the workplace issues. Like, uh, no, you don't oh, get no. a pass yeah. on that. No. But yeah, so man, I, I really just love The Last of Us 2 so much. I want, <laughs> I am holding myself back from going back and play, just playing it again because I want to finish my replay of the first one. Because uh, one thing that, you know, really makes the game so strong for me narratively is that the choice that Joel makes in that game sets all at the end of uh, the first one sets off everything that happens in part two. And it reminds me of uh, the shield um, where in the first episode, um, you know, it's this new cop show is edgy. Um, you're edgy, you know, crooked cop shoots a internal affairs agent in the face right at the end of the episode who's he's a cop but he's undercover with iab to you know check on the strike team right and you think oh this is just a new edgy show he shoots him in the he shoots he kills people you know that's what this is and it's probably not gonna be a big deal that from the first episode to five seasons later is the main ongoing narrative and everything comes crashing down for them because of that one guy he shot in the first episode. And that's kind of the same thing that, you know, they do here where that doctor you shoot, you don't know who he is, what his name is or why he's so important. And then you realize while playing the last of us Two exactly who he is, why he was like the last doctor who could possibly uh, save humanity <laughs> as well as you get to meet his daughter, and all the thing and learn all the things uh he taught her and all this other stuff like and you see all the consequences of all these choices of all these actions and th and that's what gamers say they want to see and i they i think this game really provides it now that means that you can't make that you yourself can't make all those choices because they you're not going to make a game that has you know six different endings as good as each of the last of us endings that's just not something that can be done is going to be done what absolutely shocked me was like the big the big like leak that came out was Joel died and people were so mad they were that, like not Joel my favorite character I'm like did you play the first game I know right <laughs> Joel is a good character he's a sympathetic character Joel does terrible things to the point where in this one when Abby catches up with him he's not even too surprised he's kind of expecting this there's a side part where Ellie and Dina are basically like which one of the people do you think yeah. Joel pissed off were the ones that came after him like even they and ellie wants revenge but i think she's very understanding that you know probably whoever like joel made a lot of enemies and rightfully so yeah she's straight up said like yeah joel joel crossed a lot of people in, in his life mm -hmm. so it, it wasn't like i was sad how quickly joel and maybe one critique i would may have of the game is it is so it gets really focused on telling the story through flashbacks. I think a lot of the Joel flash, the first part of that game, the game, um, you know, as, as far as time goes, where you're with Joel at, you know, the in Jackson, you're at the dance. You probably could put that all in the beginning of the game, and like it would have been slow. Uh, but I think he, they had earned it at, and I think they were kind of scared off from doing like 30 minutes of like Joel and Ellie, like arguing with each other. Uh, and so they moved it to later part in the game. I think that would have, I think that would have been a little bit less jarring because you really don't get to spend a lot of time with Joel before, uh, you watch him die and you almost don't believe it because it's so soon, uh, in the game. But yeah, Joel, like Joel dying was fine and made sense for this game. And like, they did everything like they made that event mean so, so much. 
I it kind of goes back to and this this was happening a lot in actually 2013, 2014, where you had a lot of nerds being like, oh, Roger Ebert sucks. We demand video games are taken seriously. And it's like, then you need to accept that video games are going to want to one, amp up their storytelling. All right. And two, they need to be open to legitimate like critiques. You know, yeah, and nerds are still mad about that, and it's like, well, you know, I don't know, die mad, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and it's it's just weird, and it's weird to see now, and it's weird to see the same gross shit like almost a decade yet you saw a decade ago still be popping up, and it's like I don't know, and I think about that a lot because I mean, to be fair, like I said, going back, um, Druckmann and Naughty Dog have their own crit- criticisms, um, so it's not on Neil Druckmann, but you had reviewers be like this is the schindler's list of video games and it was like i my dude i don't think you've ever seen schindler's list (laughs) look i I will actually kind of defend that reaction because i actually think it's true that is the schindler's list of video games so far but that doesn't make it schindler's list and maybe schindler's list isn't schindler's list you know like i feel like there we were it is so early in both film and <laughs> video games mm-hmm. history like film is not that hasn't been around that long i think people forget and in part because we built up this whole filmer discourse that we were born into that maybe didn't exist when our parents or grandparents were around like take the way this like the solution is not to take video games as seriously as film it's probably to take film a bit less seriously right like i feel feel like that's my 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 takeaway especially when you look at how the industry is like now like the i can say pretty easily the last of us 2 is probably going to be the best movie to come out in 2020 fairly easily right like what 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 else even if you just straight up like built like put the cut scenes in order of the last of us 2 what movie is going to come out this year that's going to be better better i don't think there is going to be one what I would say though is I think, um, and there's a word, I never remember it, but it's basically like the, the medium is the medium or something like that. And I do think to an extent, I don't think it's fair to base video games on movies and vice versa. Like, I mean, it's why like, um, I don't know. It's like, why if you see like the Lion King, like on Broadway, like it's really good and you might like get emotional in that opening scene. But like, if I like watch it like as like some shitty, like, musical adaptation of I don't know Les Mis I'm just like eh this is all right um I do feel like video games kind of need to be video games to be good and amazing and I do think to an extent like I'm thinking like iconic scenes and going back like Metal Gear Solid when you fight Psycho Mantis and you have to switch your little video game controller and it's such a you couldn't do that in a movie and I do feel there's this desire by video games to be taken seriously and that means we're like movies it's like no you can just be an amazing video game yeah you have to be a movie and like Leslie's saying like movies are not as good as we all kind of think that they are (laughs) you know like maybe you can be a great video game you don't have to be a movie it's okay you know Oh, I, I think I can say <laughs> definitively that, yes, The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2 are really, truly great video games. Some of the best I've played, I think the gameplay improvements in The Last of Us 2 are really uh, phenomenal. I, I was really surprised by how much they improved the gameplay. I guess I understand. I understood why the game took so damn long uh, to make, but next time, you know, take longer, hire more people, treat them better uh, to make it. Unionize. Yes, unionize. <laughs> unionize. <laughs> 
Um, I still say I like The Last of Us one more. The Last of Us two, I obviously have my own like critiques of. I think it's still very much worth playing. It's one of the most beautiful and fun games I've played in a long time. And it's just also exciting to get me have something I want to talk about because there's so much I love. There's so many things I had concern with. And I think if you can do that and you can create something that leads to so much discussion, who cares if you're good like Schindler's List or not? I think that's powerful. I think you've gotten people talking, you know, and discussing. And I think that's invaluable, honestly. Yeah. All right, folks, that was Struggle Session. Have a good one. See ya. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death And I feel no evil because I'm blind to it all They comfort me Because I know I'll kill my enemies When they come Surely goodness and mercy Will follow me All the days of my life And I will dwell On this earth forever Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.